The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. Sheila Walsh sits down with James and Betty as they reflect on some of the most amazing moments throughout their ministry. And you know, we went for many months after we saw miracles where I couldn't even imagine, think about this, it wouldn't even hit my conscious mind if you said, "Let's, would you pray for this person? It never got to my mind that they might not get well. Something happened so deep in the, in the greatness of God and His power that I couldn't hear all the doubt. Well, I'm James Robinson. Betty and I welcome you to life today. You see all these little cards here in front of us. They are they are really happy birthday cards. Happy birthday, James. Betty wrote a letter saying I was going to be 75. And that's good, and I, and I still feel very youthful. I'm not going anywhere. I'm, uh, I got enough of heaven living in me that I want to get everybody mm -hmm. to have that heaven <laughs> in them so you can spend eternity in heaven. And I'm holding Peter Pretorius's book, Death Defying Faith. This is like adding a chapter to the book of Acts to just show you the acts of God continuing. And Peter Pretorius is in the presence of the Lord right now. He lived in the presence of the Lord. Uh, race car driver, tobacco farmer, you know, living for himself, and Jesus changed him. And he began to reach out to the poor and the dying. Amazing story, but the miracles, the miracle healing, the miracles that took place, just phenomenal. We're giving this to all of you who will simply help us continue giving food and nourishment and love to the children. Peter spent his life reaching out to and now his family is continuing that. Sheila Walsh is here. And Sheila, exactly what is it that you're doing this week? It's a little bit unusual that we've talked to you well, about. Well, I may be sitting in this seat, but this you've given me the opportunity this week to ask you some questions. And I actually would like to pick up on that. Um, you mentioned Peter's book. And um, I read the book and I literally was blown away. It made me ache for more of God. And I, I wondered a little bit about the story. How did you, how did you guys meet? Well, interestingly, I was invited to do a, a nationwide crusade in South Africa. And I uh, went to reach out to the nation at the height of apartheid. I mm -hmm. preached very forcefully. Many people thought I might not live to get out of South Africa. Wow. But God really did do great things. But what I found when I went there, I heard from a pastor who had had a failure in his life. And uh, I met with him and his wife. Uh, I believe Betty was with me. And he was in the northern part of the United States. And he said, I failed. And the church has forgiven me. And he was weeping. His wife was weeping. And they're going to restore me. And I said, really? And he said, yes. Well, I said, really? Because I had not seen that happen very often. Wow. I had seen them. And really within two weeks, they literally moved him out of the house that the church, of course, was giving. It was their personage. So he's out. He had nowhere to go with his children, and he ends up in South Africa because a missionary named Peter Pretorius said, you come over here and we'll take care of you and your family. And I thought, dear God, a missionary that sees an American pastor that failed and admitted it and wanted to be restored, and suddenly he's out, and they give him a home, and let me tell you something, that man and his wife not only were used for me to say, I want to meet that missionary that has love like that. 
that really loves a fallen, failed Christian, which just virtually that covers nearly every Christian. We need those loving arms and we need to love one another. We don't ever condone what's wrong and we don't hide it. We see the grace of God covered and restore people. <clears throat> well, when I met Peter, I thanked him, but I saw what was in his heart, the love and for the poor. And he said, would you come back and let me show you what I do? Wow. And when we went back, maybe they were having fights in the streets with AK-47s outside the window. Pretty scary. <laughs> it was very scary, but we went and had a crusade and really the miracle stories are in here. Blind eyes open, totally. A cripple that had not walked, paralyzed from birth, gets out of the wheelchair and walks with total atrophy, had no muscle strength, but was walking. And the whole village, the whole town just, just you know, turned inside out. And then we went and saw what feeding was doing for these refugee children. And we saw the life that love was pouring on them. It changed us forever. It's an amazing story. Now there's a miracle in the book. And I mean, these are miracles that we long to see, but there's one particular I wanted you to talk about. It's called Miracle in Swaziland. And it was about a mother's faith and persistence. Do you remember that story? 14 straight nights, the mother brought this little boy blind from birth to be prayed for. And on the last night, Peter looked out and here she came again. He knew it was the last night coming forward. Thousands of people there. Miracles were occurring. But this little boy, she wanted Peter to pray again last night. And so when the little boy came close, Peter just kind of touched his eyes and pushed the eyelids up and he saw, dear God, it was like blisters. There was nothing there. And Peter thought, God, we got to have a creative miracle. He didn't even have any eyes. And she wants him to see. And he just had his fingers there on the eyelids and praying. And then he just pushed the eyelids up and there were beautiful brown eyes. I'm looking at your brown eyes right now. I got brown eyes. He had perfect brown eyes. He could see perfectly. And the first thing he said, he's looking at his mother and he said, Mommy, you're so beautiful. And it was a miracle. Now, here's the deal. That changed the whole country of Mozambique. It literally opened the doors to where Peter Pretorius for the next many years, and I know because I went and stood by him, he was the only person allowed to speak in public in the whole province of Mozambique, the whole country. No one else could. But because of that miracle and what happened, they would receive Peter. So we, we led literally, ultimately, millions of people to Christ. And so Betty and I walked right into that kind of yeah. situation. And, and this book will bless you. So I hope, you, I hope you'll get it. All we're asking you to do is just help us feed some kids and their families for the next months that just desperately need food. What would you say to people who say, why don't we see those kind of miracles here? Because when I read the book, I mean, having had the privilege of working with Peter and meeting Peter, I, I believe every single word in that book. I believe that as he stepped out in faith, and he, it's interesting, Anne, his wife, she does a little postscript at the end, and she said, since it's been published, Peter has died. And she said, literally, he believed God used ordinary people to do extraordinary things. But what do you say to people who say, why don't we see those kind of miracles here? When I try to look at it, because it's a very honest question, 
I think one of the things that happens in areas like Africa where you talk about the power of God to heal, and you know they, they believe in all kinds of spirits and gods and so forth and witch doctors, and they've been totally confused. And you talk about this Jesus. And, and the Jesus that we know and that we see in the Bible, he's, he, he becomes so real. By the way, when, when, like when Peter Pretorius would preach and the missionaries over there preach, they've already, they've already demonstrated the love of God. They don't come in talking about the love of God without showing you the love of God. That's what I hope all of you realize. When you give a thirsty person the first clean, non-contaminated, disease-ridden water they've ever had, and you give them food when they've been so hungry, they are seeing an expression of love, so when you talk about love, it's much easier for them to grasp it. Well, then if you talk about God loving them so much that he gave his son who died for them and he's been raised to live in them and that he can do miracles, Betty, when, when they hear the story, it not only raises up hope but faith. And the thing that I, I think, the reason it happens more frequently there's just no room for doubt. Over there, Sheila, they haven't had all these religious discussions about the yeah, but. Yeah. That, the, the big, big religious deal here is yeah, but, yeah, but, instead of faith. They, they, just, they just believe it. And you know, we went for many months after we saw miracles where I couldn't even imagine, think about this, it wouldn't even hit my conscious mind if you said, Let's, would you pray for this person? It never got to my mind that they might not get well. Something happened so deep in the, in the greatness of God and His power that I couldn't hear all the doubt. Now, here's one thing I do know. You don't need to look for a somebody that the healing stream of God's going to flow freely through as though we all have to get in line to get to that somebody. The somebody is Jesus. He's in His body. I mean, healing lines are fine, but if we will be what Jesus wants us to be, any one of us could pray for someone and see the miracle. That's what Peter saw. He saw missionaries that had never prayed. We had some deacons that didn't even believe in healing. After they saw it, they prayed for people, and they saw them healed. So once we begin to believe, and by the way, we lost a daughter. You ask us this in the other program. What about not... It doesn't reduce God. It doesn't make faith smaller. We don't need to start heaping guilt on ourselves and condemning ourselves or anybody else for not having enough faith. There are some things that don't happen. We have no explanation, but he's still God. He's still worthy of our trust, and we still go and ask for miracles. Peter prayed 13 nights, <laughs> and the 14th he got it. So we don't stop praying. And by the way, if we don't see the miracle, and the miracle is that they are now healed in the presence of God totally, no more battle, okay, that's good. But it doesn't mean we stop praying now because it didn't work the way we think it should. We just keep trusting God and praying. Well, I think, that's what you know, Peter did. I think also as important as they ask about physical healing, yes, that's, that's important. But to me, for somebody that was a little church girl that didn't know Jesus, but went along day by day looking for him, but yet afraid of him, and then when Jesus comes into my heart and I know the real Jesus and I know the one that changed my life forever, spiritual healing in my life, it's its priceless. And then the things as he's worked through me, things he's taken out of my life like fear, intimidation, you know, low self-esteem, 
Those are the healings of God, and we need to we need to notice those too. That's a great point, Betty, because I think sometimes we just focus on one thing. Yeah. But I think for many of our viewers, many of our lady viewers watching, and it's like they me- they don't think they measure up. Mm-mm. What would you What would you say to somebody? What's the first step when you feel like you'll never be anything, you'll never amount to anything? Well, I don't know that anybody felt more ordinary than I did. The one that in the middle of the family, the third child, a lot of times they say, you know, is the one that kind of gets hidden. Now my sisters might say different. They might say (laughs) I was spoiled, you know. But I felt that way. I felt like, why would God be interested in me? Mm -hmm. What can I do? And all the time God's saying, come on girl, I've got you. Do you know that if you would read Psalms 139, every day, you would know what God thinks about you. Because he said, I planted you in the mother's womb before anybody even knew about you. I planned your whole life out for you. Now he gives us freedom of choice and we don't always follow his plan, but he'll bring us back to it. And he says, I care about you. I created you. So no time for low self-esteem. You're beautiful to me and you're my child, and I love you. Wow, you know, I, I texted you that the other night. Mm-hmm. Betty we just read Psalm 39 with tears rolling down her cheeks. You know, it, it's just, it, this is a, a lady that said, don't ask me to, to talk, don't ask me to sit there by you on television. You know what I hope you see in this beautiful person that I've been able to know as my wife for nearly 56 years now? You just see what God can do with any clay any yielded clay to the potter's hand to be created to a vessel of honor. There's no question. And I know what you're, you're, many of you are thinking, say, James, she's just a whole lot more effective than you are. And I just wish she wouldn't talk so much and she could talk. Well, she's over here telling me to keep saying she didn't want to say something, but when she wants to, she will. So to trust her to God, but you see the miracle of it. What I'm trying to say is she felt like I could never do that. But Sheila, she does it well, doesn't she? She does it beautifully. James, one of the things I hear you talk about more than anything, and when we meet as a staff, you talk about your great desire that we as the body of Christ would love one another. Why is that such a passionate quest for you? Because I think it was the passion of the Lord's heart. If you look at... uh, you know, John 17 is really the Lord's prayer. Uh, let, let me just let me just talk to you, just like it's just us talking for a moment here. Um, the model prayer, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That's a model prayer. Remember that in that prayer, he said we are to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. The only way his will is done is when the king is present in, 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 our, in our lives, the living manifest presence of the Lord. Now, in John 17, he shared his heart. Oneness with the Father. In other words, we need a relationship. He wanted us to have a relationship with God like He has. And then He prayed for the Word, the truth, to sanctify us, not divide us, but to purify us. But His last part of the prayer, which I think the enemy has very effectively focused on, was that we would be a family, that we would be supernaturally one with one another. Now, as a, a Baptist, a conservative, a fundamental Baptist evangelist, great ministry. Dr. Jerry Falwell, many of the leaders in the conservative movement said, you are probably the strongest voice. Well, what I recognized was I was oftentimes taking truth and it was almost like I was going to beat people up with it or beat them into position with God rather than unconditionally loving them and holding up that standard. Sheila, Jesus talked about that standard 
making us sanctified, purified, not mean-spirited, not divisive. So when I saw what God did in my heart, because he, he really, really stretched me to see the whole body of Christ with all the different diverse pieces, I delivered this message to a, a very successful family member recently who's really been impacted by God. And I said, you know what? You have been uniquely created as a beautiful instrument with all the diversity of all the instruments God has created into a great potential symphony when harmony exists with the diversity and we come together in perfect harmony led by the Lord in the greatest symphony the world will ever hear. It was like, it was like his world exploded. I've been created to be a part of that glorious sound. And that sound, as you and I know, because you've been all over the world, we've seen all these different pieces, all these different extremes, and we realize they can all flow together. One of the things I've been saying, I know you've heard me say it, you know, I launched a website called The Stream. There's a river flowing from the throne of God fed by many tributaries. In the spiritual realm, in the national realm, every realm, there's a river of truth, a river of understanding, a river of life, and it's fed by many tributaries of wisdom. Now listen, now, in heaven, it just flows from the throne of God. But down here, it's people anointed by God, gifted by God, and they're flowing truth. If you make any one stream, you make one stream the whole stream, then you miss the potential fruitfulness of receiving all that God's flowing. You may have one stream that you relate to more often than others, but don't leave out the importance of the others. You and I have seen, and you know right here on Life Today, we bring all the different streams in here. And you've watched not only how much God loves them, how much we love them. And you have watched them flow the beauty of God from all their diverse places, the different places that they might be ministering primarily, the different streams that they might have come out of in their tradition, but now they're flowing. And is it not a beautiful sight to see? One of the things that's really unique about your heart, James, and it's the same with Betty, is that you totally get behind what other people are doing. Even if, if they can't do anything for life at all, it doesn't matter. You get behind them and you support them because you see Christ in them. Because it's, it's God's purpose through them. Yeah. It's their divine, unique assignment, and it's what they're supposed to do. One of the things that I pray that all of our viewers can see, and you have seen the effectiveness. You, you see what life today does by going into the homes of all the different people from all the different streams of, of the Christian faith, and we reach out to them. And then you see all these leaders come from all these different streams, and you see us encouraging them, but you see our viewers blessed by them, and you rejoice in it, and it's the people who are watching us that make it all happen. We couldn't even have life today if it were not for people who are praying for us and who support us. We couldn't feed the Hungry. We couldn't drill water wells. We couldn't give shoes to little children and smiles where they need surgery. We couldn't do any of that without the people that are watching us right now. They are important. Do you think they get it? Do you think our viewers realize how important they are? Well, I, I pray so. And it's one of the reasons I really want them to get hold of this book because I read this last night and I understood the genesis of mission feeding. This is where it all began. It really did. And this is just, listen, it's a miracle journey. Death-defying faith, Peter Pretorius was used by God to not only change the lives of millions of people that our viewers have reached out and literally saved their lives and led them to Christ because of the witness of missionaries, but what Peter Pretorius did is he impacted our entire ministry and ministries all over the world to realize we don't overlook the least of these. We do not overlook the poor. And I'm going to tell you something. Once you begin to touch the people, the least of these, it's as though all heaven begins to move 
in ways to bless us. You say, James, you all have known sadness and sorrow. How can you say God's blessing? Because he is filling us with the joy of his presence and his peace that only he can give and his insight and his direction. And he'll do the same for you. I, I want you to look in with us on something that impacted our son. And this, this son is a miracle. You know, we had a, a miracle girl after we adopted Randy. Mm -hmm. But Randy was a miracle because Betty, with the travail of prayer, you were told you couldn't have another baby after we had Rhonda. And you prayed and God said, adopt a little boy. An amazing little, little boy came in their lap. Now that boy, father of four, and I'm telling you, a miracle occurred. And watch what happens when he's walking in Africa and just listen to the heart of God through our son, Randy. For 30 years, viewers of Life Today have been helping save millions of lives from malnutrition and starvation. Though you may never meet them in this life, people like Jose, Jacob, and Matthew are grateful that you chose to make mission feeding possible through your giving. But while there is cause for celebration, there are children we've still been unable to reach. Their tragedies caution us against growing complacent. Angelica was only five years old when they buried her here. They put a marker in the sand with her name and the dates. And if you look at the inscription here, you can see that it won't last that long. It will fade. Malnutrition is robbing children of their future. These children must not be forgotten. I can promise you, God knows them by name. Will you think about those that we can still save? There are so many that are right on that edge of life and death, and we make the difference. Let's not forget them. I'm asking you to do something right now. Support the Mission Feeding Outreach because that's how we stop this cycle of death. Because you really can make a difference. You can give these children hope and a future instead of an unmarked grave. Randy, I want to say, Mom and I both, thank you for being a tremendous blessing as our son, a wonderful husband and father of four incredible children. And thank you for going to the mission field many times and going all over the world with me when oftentimes all you did is carry a camera and try to capture what God was doing. And thank you, son. Thank you for letting us see those children. You know, when I was looking there at, at Randy touching that little child's hand, I can remember so many times over the years, little fingers that were weak would, would clutch my finger. I remember when our children did, when they were babies and our grandchildren, 11 of them and now four great-grandchildren, they just clutch a finger. Those little children are reaching out. Sometimes they can barely move. And it just broke my heart to look at that child a while ago where the skin was just like flaking off because of malnutrition. And I see that and I know God wants to cover them. You know what God covers them with? He covers them with love and compassion because that's the only way that their skin can be restored to health and their lives saved. 
the missionaries are in place. They planted their lives in the midst of that pain and suffering to try to restore them. But the missionaries are totally helpless without our support. They can weep and cry and pray, but they can't feed children unless we provide the food. They could never drill water wells unless we make it possible. What we're asking you to do right now in mission feeding is to go online or dial that number and it becomes a lifeline, always a prayer line, but now it's a lifeline. And we're asking you to call the number and know that you're reaching out and you're putting loving arms around those children as you put something in those bowls. So here's what we ask you to do. Dial the number, go online, take a bank card. If you write a check to life, make it to life, but call us and tell us you're mailing it. We need to know. But right now, let us know what God is leading you to do. 30, 50, or $100, we feed three, five, or 10 children for the next months. $1,000, we can feed 100. We're sending Peter Pretorius' book, Death Defying Faith. It's gonna be, it's gonna have a tremendous positive impact on your life. So please, right now, would you dial the number? Would you just make the gift God put on your heart? If you're mailing it, call us and let us know. We have some other gifts to give to you, to bless you, because we want to be a blessing to you. That's why we come into your home every day. But just know this, you're going to be an eternal blessing to the people you reach out and touch right now with God's love because we're going to tell them that that love came from our Father in heaven and was expressed through His Son, Jesus. And we're going to love not in word only, but we're going to be loving indeed. Thank you for doing it. Thank you so much for your gift. In impoverished and drought-stricken areas of Africa, children are suffering. The need is great. And without food, they face severe malnutrition, even death. Through Life's Mission Feeding Outreach, you can save lives by feeding and caring for children currently suffering in parts of Angola, Mozambique, and South Sudan. With previous reserves gone and mission feeding helping in areas with severe crop failure, we urgently need your support to replenish food supplies to reach the 400,000 children who are counting on us. Your life-saving gift of $30, $50, or $100 will help feed and care for three, five, or 10 children for three full months. With your gift of any amount, we'll send you Death-Defying Faith, The Extraordinary Life of Miracle Man Peter Pretorius. This autobiography, completed just days before his unexpected death, chronicles the thrill-seeking adventures of missionary Peter Pretorius. You will love reading how God took this ordinary man and performed extraordinary miracles throughout all of Africa. With your gift of $100 or more, request the beautiful Faith and Hope pen set, two beautifully crafted pens featuring the key words of Hebrews 11.1, 1, a key verse for every believer, especially when facing adversity, trials, and challenges. Finally, with your gift of $1,000 or more to help feed and care for 100 children, be sure to request the Bridge of Faith framed canvas print by Thomas Kincaid. Please call, write, or make your gift online today. Well, in behalf of the missionaries and their children and their families, thank you. I can promise you, this will be a blessing to you. Ann Pretorius, Isak, their son, and, and Jackie, a daughter, and they're just all 
basically full time and carrying on the ministry and seeing it grow. Sheila, I think the ministry may even expand right now because of what we're watching in the family. What do you think? I think it's, it's as God took Peter home, I think something else was deposited into those who are behind. And I think we're going to see amazing things. But get hold of this book. It will blow you away. <laughs> well, I know you mean that, and that really is the truth. It's a death-defying faith. You're going to say, dear God, and here's the deal. What you read, you find hard to believe. We saw it. Yes. And we not only saw it in Africa, we saw it here, and we still do. Get the book, okay? And you do that by simply giving someone a chance to live. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you for your help. God bless you. You know, I want to hear God's voice. How do I know it's God and it's not just the pizza I had last night? Sheila Walsh takes your questions about ministry, missions, and personal struggles to James and Betty. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.